episode 56, Elliot Friedman joining us. And you know what, Elliot, it's been, it's very hard to even think about doing a, a show today, you know, mm-hmm. with everything going on in the world. I mean, it's like, obviously with the Russia Ukraine situation, I mean, it just, it's almost to me personally, I just, it, it's like hockey doesn't even matter right now. You know, I don't, I mean, I know you have a, full-blown job to do but for me mm-hmm. it's like i sit here and i'm just like i don't know what else there is to talk about really in the world other than just that you know well it's it's the sadly unfortunately it's the it's the biggest story right um and it, it probably will be for a little bit of time um you know, I mean, I, I mean, I don't really know what to say other than that you hope everybody comes to their senses. And, and, and boy, what a what a proud people the Ukrainians are and what a tough people the Ukrainians are. But you just hope that everybody comes to their senses and this comes to an end soon. You know what the, the toughest thing for me is, Andrew, is that, you know, following this on social media, you don't know what's true. Yeah. You really have no idea what the truth is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're all on social media, mm-hmm. and we're getting all of our facts from social media. And one one situation you're going on, and you're and you're watching just horrendous things happen over there. And then the next one you're tweeting out, some guy's all calm, and he's saying, "Oh, it's all it's all media driven. It's all you know." It's, it's, I, I, I don't even know what to think. I just say, I'm like everybody else kind of sitting back, trying to take it all in and, and uh, hopefully try and get some real, real news in this. Well, like I said, I, you know, like the, the tough thing is, is that, you know, there's, there's things you read that say that, you know, the war, the war is going really poorly for Russia. There's things you say that it's going very poorly for Ukraine. You don't know what to believe. And I think the biggest challenge on that is, is that, you know, you it, you ride such a wave of emotion about, you know, you hope for this or you you hope for that or maybe this means this or maybe this means that. And it just, it, it you know, obviously it's not the same for us as the people who are going through it firsthand, um, but it, it still really fiddles with your mind and toys with your head. We, we all have kids. I, uh, you know, after I, I make this point, if you guys want to continue talking about it, great. But if not, you know, we'll talk about the IIHF and banning Belarus and, and Russia from international play. But, uh, you know, like I saw just a a gut-wrenching video the other day. And I, I don't – I can honestly say that uh, if I didn't have a child – I have one. But if I didn't have kids, I don't know what this would have felt like or 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 even how this would have affected me. But I saw this video of a father – a Ukrainian father after uh, the president had said anyone from 18 to 60 must stay back and, and, you know, fight for the country and women and children can leave. So there's this father getting on or this, this young girl getting on a, uh, I don't know if it's a bus or a train or whatever. And she hands her father like a, a, a note or a picture. And he's just having the, as, as, as anybody would just the most difficult time saying goodbye to his daughter. And it's just, it's like, just, it makes me sick to my stomach, man. It, 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 you know, it makes me sick to my stomach that even at this point in, in the world that we still have to come to this in order to resolve our issues. I mean, it's, 
and, and not even resolve our issues. Just it's, it's greed, you know? It, so it's, it, it just, to me, that one video just really hit home. And I'm just thinking, man, if I'm one of those Ukrainian 18 to 60 year old males that have to stick back, I mean, God, let me get one of those Russian guys before, before I go down. But that's just my own train of thought. So what's going on with the IIHF, Elliot? Well, they're going to announce something this afternoon, as from what I understand. They uh, they met today to, or I think they might still be meeting. I'm not exactly sure the timing as we tape this, but they were meeting today to go over it. And I expect that you know FIFA just announced that um, Russia's have been Russian teams are going to be suspended until further notice. Um, you know, look, if, if FIFA does it, everyone's going to do it. It's, it's that simple. But I think that the double IHF was headed in that direction anyway. And I think the other thing, too, is I think Belarus might be uh, suspended, too, um, because obviously, you know, the, the you know, part of the invasion launched from there. So I'm suspecting I'm expecting that. I think that the biggest question is going to be, Andrew, for how long? I don't think anybody um really knows that at this point in time i haven't heard anything that indicates how it'll be but i think that's the question that we're going to have here if you look at hockey um hockey's got a situation where there's uh, an under 18 championship coming up there's a world championship coming up there's uh two world junior championships coming up the replacement for the one that was just canceled and you know, then the other one that's supposed to be this Christmas, and that one's in Russia. Next year's World Championships are supposed to be in Russia, and someone told me there were negotiations for a few other tournaments to be in Russia. So, how long is is this going to be? I think that's what we're all kind of wondering right now. What? There's no way that you can have those tournaments over in Russia. No, 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 no. no. But you know, I, I think Craig, the question is going to be, how long does this last? Meaning like, how long will, you the know, bad last should last a long time. It Very should, long time. it should, um, but will it, it should last a very long time. So here, here, how are, have you spoken to any Russian players in the NHL at all uh, regarding this? And I mean, I saw Ovechkin's comments. I mean, what's he going to say? Well, you also saw, Dominic Hasek's comments towards Alex Ovechkin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what are your thoughts on, cause well, he didn't hold back. That's for sure. No, but, he, but I mean, you guys know Hasek. He, you know, I remember when one of the years he won the Vesna in the heart, he was at the, um, uh, he, he was at the ceremony and he made a statement about gun control. You know, Hasek is not been afraid to share his opinions on non-hockey topics. If he's, if he's ever desired to do so. So I, I'm, I'm not surprised in the least bit, you know, my, my feelings on, uh, on Ovechkin and everything. Look, I mean, Ovechkin has shown his support for Putin in the past at times like this, that's going to come back on you. Um, but I, you know, I have spoken to some Russian players who always say to me that, you know, when you make your comments about this, um, you have to understand that this is you are dealing with a part of the world that you don't really understand. You don't know what the consequences are and don't fully understand what the consequences are for disagreement. I mean, someone sent me just a story yesterday. There were I guess there were 7000 people uh, arrested for protesting the war. Um, like I said, Ovechkin's open support. Um, there are consequences for that. 
but I, I've spoken to Russian players who say that, um, you know, you don't understand what it's like to disagree in Russia. And uh, I, I do know that the NHL and the individual teams right now are a little concerned for some of their Russian players. Um, like their safety? Yeah. I, I, like, I don't, like I said, I don't know if there's been any threats or anything like that, but at a time like this where sensitivities are really heightened, I think you're always worried and you're always sending notes and you're always making sure like, is, is everybody here? Okay. And I just think there's a heightened sensitivity, especially to players like Panarin yeah. who and Zadorov who have shown who and Zadorov did it this weekend, who have shown uh, disagreement with um, with the leadership. Yeah, I was going to say Panarin. Didn't he have a what was his incident all about? I mean, I I, I know he didn't he kind of go into hiding last yeah, year. He, he he had to step away for about a month. So I like I always remember I always remember and um, you know players talking about Russian players. I never heard it from any Russian players that there was like some kind of a tax or something that they had to pay there or like, a, I don't know if it was to the KGB or what, but uh, like, like, wasn't there something with Andre Zuzan Elliott years ago? There was some, there were, there were several Russian players, you know, McGilney went through it. Um, you know, uh, Zuzan, I've forgotten about that one until you just mentioned it, Andrew, but McGilney went through it. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, I've had for years, I've had people in the NHL tell me that even something as simple as turning down uh, to play the world championships is very serious and can lead to a lot of problems. I mean, we know at the end of a season, there's a number of North American players who beg off the world championships. Some really like to play, but some say, no, it, it's been too long a year. I've had enough. Um, you know, players like G I for years, hockey executives have told me that's really not an option for Russian players. So there's, there's different levels of, um, there, there's different levels of intimidation, I guess is the term or worse. Um, but that's been the case in Russia for a long time. You know, the other thing too, is if you ever ask, you know, um, baseball players from some of the impoverished countries, They've had, you know, kidnappings for ransom in their, in their families before it's. Well, that's where, that's where something I that we don't really understand. I remember hearing something like that. And this was early in my playing career in the, in the, in the nineties, the late nineties, early two thousands. I remember, you know, and it, it was just stuff that kind of went around the league as you, as we all travel to, to different cities, but there was Russian hockey players that, you know, were, you know, being put in a position where they're going to have to pay money to, I think it was the Russian mafia because in order to protect their families back there, because the Russian mafia knew that all these players were making a lot of money, millions of dollars, and they took advantage of that. And they said, listen, I mean, you're going to pay us or your family's not going to be safe. I remember those, uh, there was a lot of that going on, uh, you know, back in the nineties or late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, I, I remember it too. I, you know, I remember it very well. And, uh, you know, some players uh, fought against it. Some players kind of got consumed by it. But I always remember others telling me, don't pass judgment because we don't deal with this in North America. And I've always, you know, kind of remembered that. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with that. I mean, you can't pass judgment. You can't, but 
it's strange, man. It's, it, you know what? And that's one thing I remember just playing hockey, you know, with all these different cultures is that you learn about so many different cultures and how they operate and how they treat their athletes and things like that. And I, I, I remember the Russian guys in particular were always a little on edge about talking about, you know, what goes on back home and, you know, when they go back. And I, I, I even feel like, like one guy, one guy didn't pay his, uh, his Russian tax, if you will. And he got the shit beat out of him. Uh, before coming back to training camp and one of them, the team had to go over and investigate what happened. And it was, you know, the guy said that he was wearing his visor and, and, uh, or he got, it happened. He got a puck in the, in the face or whatever uh, skating. But I mean, like the gash was from like his forehead down to the bridge of his nose. And it's like, that's not a puck mark. That's, you know, that's not a puck mark at all. Like, so the, you know, the one they wanted to send somebody over from the team to investigate what happened. And the guy's like, I'm not going. I'm not going over to investigate that. What, you think I'm going to go ask questions about this? Um, but anyway, let I mean, moving on from that, it'll be very interesting. When do we expect to hear that uh, announcement from the IIHF? Is that going to be Monday, today for Monday, sure? I think it's going to be this afternoon. Like, you know, if you see, look at it, you know, FIFA's announced that they're banning Russia. The IOC's made a big statement today. Um, you know, you, you have to be part of it. Right? The IIHF is, yeah. You know, the, the biggest change, the thing about the IHF that's double IHF that's really interesting, guys, is, you know, the previous leader, Rene Fazel, was very close to Putin and very close to Russia. And um, if he was still in charge, he just left last year. Uh, I would be very curious to see how they would handle it. But this is new leadership and they know that this is a, a very big challenge for them. And uh, I don't think they're going to drop the ball because I don't think they can afford to drop the ball. All right. So let, let's, let's move over to the NHL here. I'm, I'm going to ask you this question and it's going to become a regular question for me and I don't want to annoy you with it. So if you tell me, if you say, uh, this is getting annoying, Andrew, I don't have any new info, but I, I, I want to, I, I want to ask you, uh, again, more rumblings in my circle, but then also inside, you know, social media in the cesspool of social media, but there, you know, more word that, there are people kicking tires on purchasing the Sabres. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, like, I've heard these rumors, too, and, I, and I've heard them for quite some time. And, you know, my answer to you has always been the same. I've heard the same rumors. Um, I just one of the questions I've heard is just, does it make sense for the Pagulas to do that uh, when they're trying to get a new football stadium built. So is that the agreement here, Elliot? I'm going to ask you the same questions. You're just going to give me the same answer. Well, until <laughs> like until it changes, Andrew, this is usually I where I jump in and I say, what does that have to, what, what does an NFL football stadium have to do with the hockey team? Like what right, do you think want, politics? I, I know, politics. but wouldn't you want, wouldn't you want the Bagulas who, have now established themselves as, you know, the Bills are one of the favorite, one of the top teams in the league. They're going to be, you know, a really good football team. I think they have great coaching, great management, and a, and a great quarterback. Now, the stadium is, is one thing. Why wouldn't you want another rich person to come in, purchase the Sabres, and have that as his main focus moving forward? Well, I, I think because you 
the Buffalo area loves their savers, right? And I think they've always, I, I think that one of the concerns is, it, you know, if you, the, the, the concern would be, are you just giving up on the savers to get this building? Now, Craig, you could turn out to be right. You, they could say, all right, no, we've got a good new owner here. So don't worry about it. And maybe that could work. You know, the other thing too, guys, is, you know, they changed uh, the rules this year. So you can allow some minority ownership. And maybe I, I've wondered if the Pagulas might do that is take a minority owner. Um, but I had heard in the past that people had asked about that and the Pagulas were willing to do it, but people, others weren't willing to do that. They wanted the team or nothing. Now that might change. With yeah, these, why, would, why would you do that? In well, Buffalo? right now it's corporations, right? Yeah. So, you know, like investment firms. So these equity firms might be more interested in that and that might be more beneficial. Um, you know, like I said, Craig, I, I think sometimes people are always worried that, you know, when you're dealing with political people and politicians, like, I don't I don't like politicians. I just generally don't. I, I I don't have a lot of time for them. But I know when you deal with them, you 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 know, they make the rules, right? They have the power, at least while they're in power. And if you're and if someone gets there and says, Oh, okay, you're willing to do this Bill Stadium, but you're giving up on the Sabres and I have a problem with that, they can make problems for you. So until I have a reason to believe differently, that's my standard answer. Okay. All right. Well, well, I'll see if you give us that standard answer next week. Um, what are the are you are you telling me that this is going to be sold this week? <laughs> no, no. But I'm going to ask you again next week because like uh, word changes every every day, right? So who knows what you could hear, Ellie? You you hear a lot. You hear a lot, and you keep a lot very close to the chest too. So um, no, maybe I'll ask you in a couple of weeks. What what's uh, what are the NHLPA and the players meeting with the Coyotes about? So they had a meeting last Saturday, nine days ago, and they just talked about what next year is going to look like. I think the players felt like they were kind of in the dark. I think the players have a lot of questions about how this is all going to look. And they went there and they asked their questions and the Coyotes answered them as much as they possibly could. And what, what, what kind of answers are they looking to get the players? And is there like uh, I mean, I guess some sort of uh, is there insecurity on the players' part? Are they are, are there are players a little embarrassed about the facility they're going to be playing in and the fact that they can't sell out a, a, an NHL rink? I mean, like, what's how are the players feeling about this? They don't like it, but I don't know if it's insecurity. I, I think that first of all, I think they felt that they were disappointed that they they didn't realize that. Well, I mean, what it comes down to, Andrew and Craig, like you guys played in the NHL. Um, you know, Andrew, where'd you play your OHL? Oshawa and Kitchener, two phenomenal organizations. And and Craig, where did you play your OHL again? Kingston. Kingston. Okay. So, you know, you guys played in in well, you had a really yours was a really old arena at the time, right, Craig? It was ours, one of the oldest. Ours was one of the oldest barns yeah, around, yeah. but had lots of character. No, no, no. I I like that's the but the OHL hockey and things like that, like that's the way that's supposed to be, right? So yeah. yeah. But when you go to the NHL, um, when when you go to the NHL, you go to the NHL to play in big time facilities. You're going to play in twenty thousand seat buildings with screaming fans, and you know, as you guys know, what do they call it? The never hungry league because the food is always so good. 
you know, if you're going to if you're going to Arizona right now, you're looking next year at a 5,000 seat arena. You're looking at, you know, like one of the things they talked about was their practice facility. Are they going to change at the Arizona State Arena and bus to the practice facility? You know, that's not what you're going to the NHL for, right? We, you know, everybody does that willingly all the way through minor hockey and junior hockey because, you know, they don't have the money to have 20,000 seat arenas, but you're not doing that in the NHL. And, you know, I, I think these players feel like it's, it's not right. And I think the players as a whole, they don't like the idea that, that, you know, it just looks bad for the league. Like that's, that's what it comes down to. So I, I think that, you know, they tried to answer the players questions as much as they could, but they just don't have a lot of good answers. But why are we, why are we not hearing more about this franchise either, you know, moving or something? They don't want it. They don't want it to move. They don't. I know, but this is like, how, how how is that possible? Like why? How? First of all, commissioners believe that moving teams is bad for your league. Okay. You know, you see it in the NBA, you see it in the NFL, you see it in uh, hockey, you know, commissioners have always fought moving teams. They don't like it. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, you know, Bettman for better, for worse, he has fought for this, uh, this organization, like the most passionate fan hasn't. And I'm not knocking the fans of Arizona. I'm just saying that Bettman has absolutely gone to the wall for them. And that's what he's going to do. I, I, you know, whether you agree with it or not, that's just the way he is. It's a top 10 television market. He wants it in the league. He will do everything he can. And, you know, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, the, the Arizona Coyotes are why Austin Matthews is in the NHL. And he's going to be one of their biggest breakthrough stars the next 15 years. And, you know, I think that's the way he looks at it. The only thing the Arizona players should be asking, in my honest opinion, if we're going to play at ASU, can we live at ASU? <laughs> <laughs> How about that 10-7 uh, game way of the, going 0-82? Uh, yes. <laughs> How about that 10-7? That or, or, or it could – I remember my first year uh, covering the Raptors, Craig, when the NBA players would come to Canada and they'd realize, wait a sec, you can do what on a Saturday night in Toronto um, or on a weekend in Toronto? They like they had some blowout wins on Sunday afternoons and things like that. So it could go either way. It could hurt you and it can hurt them. Yeah, true. Toronto's Toronto's one of the best cities, man. I mean, it never it never gets the love because all the Ontario boys and Canadian guys have all been there a ton of times. But oh my god, I absolutely love the city of Toronto. I love it. I love it. How about that 10-7, speaking of Toronto, that 10-7 Detroit game, Toronto-Detroit the other night. Is that not what, what hockey needs more of? Yes, we need more of those games where nobody plays defense. I wish more people played uh, hockey with no defense. I'm pretty sure when I looked at that, that Toronto was up 6-1 at one point. 7-2, 7-2. Like, oh, man. And it, it got, Mitchie it Harder got to, came to play, though. You know, a lot of guys, did. it got to within 7-6. Uh, it was 9-7. Was you know, it was, it, was quite, it was crazy. All four goalies played. It was, it was really something. What are you hearing? What, what's Toronto going to do? What do they need They're gonna get to, a make them, to get them over the hump? They're going to get a defenseman. 
Who are they getting? Really good. Is it Chikrin or Shabbat? I don't know if they're going to get Chikrin. Shabbat, no. Shabbat's not available. They're not trading him. They're not, they're not trading Shabbat. Sharat. Sharat. Okay. I don't know that they're going to do Sharat. And I don't know that they're going to do Chikrin. I know they've looked at Klingberg. Um, I'm not so sure Rasmus. I, I Someone said to me last week, don't be so sure your buddy Rasmus is getting dealt. Um, they think that they think that Philly's going to take a big run at, at keeping him. Uh, Risto, what are yeah. the odds? What are the odds of Rasmus Ristolainen staying in Philly? Um, I think that uh, I, I, I like this is going up on Tuesday, right? This is that's when this is going to be uh, posted. No we're, no, we're going up today. Um. I, I just like the one thing I just heard was, you know, I, 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 I wrote, I wrote on Friday that he was, that I heard he was likely to be dealt. And someone just said to me, you know, just don't be so quick to jump to conclusions. So, you know, I, I think it's still in doubt. I, one thing I've really heard, like I've heard that the, that the flyers organizations and the players really like him. Stadium series. You know, we had lightning predators. Is league are the is the league still happy with this event? You know, I, I have to tell you, I love them. Um, I think that you know, I think the people go to those games and they have an awesome time. I know next year, um, some people aren't thrilled about it because it's been at Fenway before, and the the Bruins have been in them before, and they're probably going to play the Penguins. I think because the Penguins own Fenway Park, so I'm assuming that they're going to play in it. Um, you know, but when it, when you go to the new areas, you know, Dallas a couple of years ago, I thought was really fun. Uh, Nashville, it looked great. Like the, the players looked like they were having a great time. The fans looked like they're having a great time. You know how much fun Nashville is. And I think next year in Carolina, like I think every market should get one. People seem to have a great time at them. I would love to see Buffalo get another one. Probably won't be until that new stadium though. Eh, Elliot, I, I, by the way, I loved, you know, I love the way that the, uh, that the team showed up like the, the, the predators and the leather jackets and the lightning and the Canadian tuxedos. I thought those things were great. <laughs> yeah. So last year, didn't they do, didn't the guy show up in like beach attire? This, well, no, that yeah. was it. That, that was, was a, this year. New Year's Day. Yeah. Was the that blues, this year was, already? Yeah. The, the blues were freezing and it was freezing in Minnesota and the blues came in beachwear. It's all between the years. It's all a mentality, Andrew. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I, again, I just look for reasons to, to be a total hater. I mean, I don't know if you've listened to this podcast at all, but there, there, are, days, yes. there are days where I just, you know, I just bring the negative out. Craig's rubbed off on me. Big time. Vegas is slipping, eh? How, yeah. how, are they, how are they liking the Jack Eichel acquisition? Yeah, it's, t- you know, it's just a reminder that if you're out for a long time, it's not easy to get all the way back in. It really isn't. It's a reminder of that. You know, well, like I think it, they missed, they missed their time. captain too, right? Well, they missed Stone. And, and you know, the, the goalies haven't been bad, actually, but they're not, you know, necessarily top level. Um, I, I have to say that I think that they're, I think they're going to be okay. I think that when they're, I, I just think that when they're ready and, you know, when everybody's healthy, I just believe that they're going to be all right, but they, they've made it a lot closer than a lot of us expected. 
I know uh, I know the Oilers lost yesterday, but they won against Craig's Florida Panthers on Saturday. Um, everybody loving what's going on out there in Edmonton with the new coach? Well, you know, I thought they played really well on that trip. Uh, look, they need to get a goalie. And that's the thing they're battling right now is they don't get enough saves. You know, Smith has really struggled. And Koskinen, the issue with him is they, they have some intel that shows them the more he plays, the more he struggles. Like you can have him play, you know, games here or there. But once you start getting him to four or five games in a row, that's when you've really got a big problem, a real big problem. I'm Isn't surprised they haven't with? called up the kid. Isn't that what they're paying him five point something million for? Yeah, but that's their fault. Yeah, that was the old GM too that signed him to that deal, right? Well, I think by that time at? he was kind of neutered. Um, but that was a bad deal. That was that what was a that was at? a bad deal. Is Georgiev from uh, the Rangers uh, a uh, someone that's hot on their list? I think he's a possibility, yes. But you know, the Rangers are asking quite a bit for him, so. Um, you know, I, I think that makes it a little bit harder, you know, also don't forget, you know, the Rangers, they're trying to win the Stanley cup this year. So they're not going to trade Georgiev unless they have another option in goal. What about uh, Mark Andre Fleury? I don't think like that's going to cost them a first rounder. I don't think they're paying a first rounder. Really? Well, Fleury's good. What were you going to say? Well, I just like, why would you pay a first rounder? If you're not sure that you're even, you know, going to make the playoffs, I think if they knew they were in the top ten, it would be a first rounder for sure. But do you think not. the Rangers right now are thinking that this is their year, or did they, oh, do you think they? Need I, I think one? they're going for it. I put it this way: I think they're going for it. Like that's Shesterkin; he could win the Stanley Cup himself. Are they going to be able to fit JT Miller on their cap? The Rangers, boy, he sure put on a show last night, eh? Like. That's got to be one of the places that uh, you know they're that's eyeing him, right? Oh yeah, they're they're interested. There's no question about that. He put on a show for them. So when JT uh, Miller's a hell of a player, man. He he's unreal. Uh, you know, I just I mean, it's just the talk is is Toronto. What is it? Rangers. Uh, I want to say Florida can't afford him, can they? You know, the other team I kind of wonder about there is like uh, a team like Colorado or something like that. That's, yeah, that's the other option, right? That's the other option, Colorado. I forgot about Colorado. Who's going to be the most active? Like how many teams actually right now this year feel like, because I'm I'm actually a little bit surprised with you telling me that the Rangers think that this year could be their year to go after it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously well, don't Colorado, forget that last year... Last year, you know, people got fired because the owner was impatient, right? That's right. Do you think guys like Lafreniere and Capocacco are ready? Um, I don't think those guys are driving the bus. Or will one of those guys be in that deal? Like if, if they go and get a, a JT Miller, are the, are the Rangers going to be prepared to give up a Capocacco? I don't think that's what they want to do. They might have to, but I don't think that's what they want to do. I just love the way Drury's built that team, man. I love the way he's built that team. He's got a little grit. Well, everybody was giving him trouble because he brought in some meat and potato type players. They went out and paid, uh, what is it, Barkley Goudreau, three and a half, Schmilly, 
And they're like, why? Why? He's a third line left winger. Okay. No, well, no, you know I, I think he's something that I, I think he's a hell of a player. Kudrow. So do I. Yeah. So do I. I absolutely love him. I'm like, PD and I talked about him last year. I'm like, we, I would do anything to get that, uh, that guy on the Buffalo Sabres. He's exactly, and I mean exactly what we need, but why would we want to do that when we can, you know, put our Smurfs on the, on the, you know, the ice and have them waddle around. It's ridiculous. I mean, and, and, and jury went out and got Sammy Blay from, from uh, St. Louis who Sammy Blay has been hurt all year, but mm-hmm. he is exactly the same type of player as, a, as, as a Barkley Goudreau. And he also brought in Ryan Reeves and they're like, well, why do you need all this, this toughness? Why do you need these guys? Well, now, you know, because Temi Panarin and all these, you know, Zabanajad, they, they, they're the happiest guys in the world. They just go and mm-hmm. play hockey. They can do anything they want. They can chirp guys. They can this because they know that the, the dogs are behind them going to do anything for them. And now it's like, they've got an identity. They, they beat the, uh, they beat the snot out of the, the capitals the other day. Uh, just, I think it was just last week. Uh, a couple more questions for you here, Elliot. One, we have Jr. on every week and I got oh, yeah. it. How's he doing? He's, he's doing great. Doing he's good. He's doing great. He comes on with us every week. He's, you know, he's always bringing the heat. I'll tell you that there's, oh, yeah. you know, some of the stuff is just off the wall, man. But I mean, I love it. I love it. Um, some people don't love it, <laughs> but you know, a lot of people love it, but I, I have a question for you and it's, it's, I'm not fishing for, I'm not going to tell him that you said this or anything. Just, I'm going to play it for him. Why isn't he in the hall of fame? Ronick? I think yeah. he should be. So how, like, how does that, how does that happen? He just gets passed up year after year. What's, what's the knock on him? I, I think that, um, Does he pissed too many people off. That's what we've come to the conclusion. I, I wonder if that's it. I do. Um, you, you, the, one of the things we just never know is, is what the criteria is, right? They have a meeting and they announce it. So you don't really know who votes for who or who decides what, or who says what. Um, but I, I just feel that, um, I, I think he should be in there. I think, like, I think there's a lot of good players who, who like, I look at Rod Brindamore. <clears throat> I look at Daniel Alfredson. I look at Ronick. Like, I, I just think that those are guys who should be in. And I'm with you on this. Sometimes I wonder if his outspokenness is part of the problem. And, you know, right now, especially, you know, people get really uh, goofy about things that are said, you know, politically or whether or not they're correct. And I also think that that can affect it, that sometimes maybe the Hall of Fame looks at potentially looks at a a guy like Ronick and says, well, if we announce him, you know, people are going to look at some of the things he said in the past and they could come under controversy, too. And I think in this day and age, some people shy away from that. So uh, I think all of these things are an issue. No question about it. I think he should be in. Theo Fleury's not in, is he? No. There's no. another guy you should be in. Yeah, Alexander Daniel Alfred, McGill. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Alfredson, uh, you know, was a great, great, great player. When Theo when, Fleury uh, will be right now. Theo, Theo is, Fleury. Amazing. And Theo, like Theo Fleury to me as a player should be in the hockey hall of fame. Absolutely. Uh, everything that, that he did in his career, things he had to overcome. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I think Fleury should, should be there. Um, just that right now you look at his social media feed and it's controversial to say the least, very controversial. And I I could see people saying they just don't want to deal with that. 
I, I again, you know, like I sit there and I think, all right, fine. You don't want to deal with it, but I mean, whatever, like the guy we're allowed, we're allowed to have our political opinions. You're allowed to have, you know, like if you don't cross the line to, to, to obviously the obvious areas, I mean, like what's, what's the fear. I mean, it's what he did on the ice. I mean, like, look at what, it, like you said, he dealt with the whole, you know, situation yeah. from junior. You tell you, you know, you read the, 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 the comments in his book about, you know, being down, hanging out with the, the homeless people in New York city and drinking with them. You know what I mean? It's like, he, the guy has a story and he's a hall of famer through and through. I think the whole process should be changed. Like, you know, for instance, take Sidney Crosby, for example, I've said yeah. this before. He's a hall of famer. No question. Yeah. Patrick Kane, hall of famer. Alex, yeah. uh, uh, Evgeny Malkin. I mean, there, there are about 50 locks in the NHL right now that are hall of famers. Why, why can't we just put them in the hall of fame while they're still playing? No, you don't want that. Well, tell me why the hall of fame should be when your career is done. But again, we change everything else. Why can't we change the way we think on other things too? You know, it's we like we could. I but who I do think we have coming to town to give them I the ultimate prize, and they're not even I think done that's their crazy. Yet. I, I I don't agree with that. I think that's I'm crazy. So, sorry, what did you just call me? <laughs> I, I didn't call you anything. <laughs> I said I think that's crazy. Well, my it's my idea, Elliot. So you know, <laughs> I I, I want. We got Matt Barnaby coming on tomorrow. You got any funny stories about him? Jesus, I, I just remember all I all I could all I remember is that when Barnaby and Ray played in that playoff series against Toronto in '99, the the Maple Leafs told me they never played against a team before, and there were some guys who've been around a long time that were mouthier and said crazier shit on the ice than those Buffalo Sabers did with Ray and Barnaby. I can only imagine the stuff that Barney said. We'll have to because he is- uh, somebody told me Ray was worse. Uh, so Jeremy Roenick, <laughs> Jeremy Roenick, I don't know what the beef is, but Jr. has literally one beef where he will never, you know, go back on it. And that is with Rob Ray. Uh, uh, some of the things I like, like, I'll tell you the story I remember about Ray was when Corson and Tucker played for the Leafs, uh, Tucker and Corson, they were all thrown out of a game in the last minute once. And, Tucker and I think Tucker and Corson tried to chase him down the hallway at the, uh, well, now it's Scotiabank, but then it was the Air Canada Center. Like, I think they tried to chase him down the hallway. And, uh, chased and him who down the hallway? Ray chased him? Rob Ray down the hallway. That would have been, that wouldn't have been the greatest idea. Well, I know, but Tucker and Corson chasing yeah, Razor? That'd yeah. be, what do you mean? They'd have no, I, I love Razor. I know how tough he is, but I mean, yeah, it's two of them and they were both pretty tough. They were both gamers, man. They, they, like, they said that what Ray said to them on the ice was just over the line. And I kind of have a good idea of what. Yeah. I, I, I can, I played with both course and, and Tucker in Montreal. But the thing and I, I know really exactly run, where it's going. Yeah. And, and, and like, I mean, yeah, you know, but then, but the thing I remember is that we're interviewing Ray about it after the game and he's not even denying it. He's like, yeah, sometimes, you know, things get set on the ice to throw people off. He wasn't even apologetic. It was just, yeah. I remember saying like this guy, he said it. You know, we all know he said it. He so many offside things he that does were not said. Care. Yeah. yeah. But now no way. Like you, you couldn't do that now. I, I, I mean, I played with a guy who, literally shredded people verbally in the worst of way, not racism, not anything like that, but I'm talking I play like, with that guy. 
I'm talking personal. Did I very, play with that guy? Very, 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 very. Did I play with that guy? <laughs> very. Have I said enough varies yet? Very personal. Just answer the question. Yes, you played with him. <laughs> yes, and I, you had know exactly talk, I had a talk with that guy on the plane one night. Who was that? I am not going to say who it is. But I had a talk with this guy because what came out of his mouth in one of the games was absolutely absurd. Where was this? Which of those jerseys behind you? Lean back in the direction of one of <laughs> well, those. Well, I pl- I played with him as well, and Craig and I played together. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, it's it's pretty. We'll just leave it at that. We'll just I'll, he was he was without question the worst by far, hands down. One of the the person I've ever listened to on the ice. I'll leave you with this, Elliot. One of the best chirps I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay. It was in junior hockey. Daniel Cleary was sent back to Belleville after signing uh, with the Hawks. And one of our guys, Chester Gallant was, you know, chirping him or whatever. Chester was a pretty tough guy an agitator, good player. And he was, you know, ripping on Dan Cleary. And Dan Cleary had just signed for like a million bucks signing bonus, like eight seventy five, whatever the rookie cap was back in ninety seven. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Hey, Gallant, why don't you shut up, or I'll beat you with my money clip." <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we'll end this. Thanks for the time today, Elliot. Okay, I'm just looking up and down the roster. I'm I've narrowed it down to Derek Roy, or. Uh, Patrick Coletta or Daniel Paye. Did I, did I get one of the three of them? <laughs> and Paye? Do you know Dan Paye? I know. I love him. He's a great guy. He's, He's great literally guy. the softest, cuttingest. I, I was saying that like as incredible a, I, I, I was saying, all time. I was saying that as a joke. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle. And at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.